Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is a CBC podcast. You're going to have to give the president, you're going to have to allow a president, any president, to have immunity so that that president can act and do what he feels and what his group of advisors feel is the absolute right thing. Otherwise, you're going to have presidents that are totally impotent, And we've had enough of them already. It's Donald Trump just a few weeks ago speaking at a campaign stop in New Hampshire. Yesterday, a three-judge panel at a federal appears court ruled the exact opposite of what Donald Trump just said, stating that any former president may indeed be prosecuted for crimes they committed while in office. In the meantime, that's not just the only story when it comes to Donald Trump. Another big court hearing starts tomorrow at the Supreme Court, considering whether Trump should or should not appear on the primary ballot in Colorado. And in Nevada, there was a dramatic result last night. Republicans voted for their presidential nominee. Nathan Vanderclip is in Las Vegas, Nevada, covering it all. He's an international correspondent for the Globe and Mail. Nathan, good morning. Good morning. Before we get to Nevada, let's start with the court ruling um, and the Court of Appeal particularly ruling for Donald Trump yesterday. What, what does that actually mean? He had said he'd hoped and he believed that uh, former presidents would be um, immune from prosecution. That doesn't seem to be the case. No, and it's an interesting, I mean, I, I, I suppose it's worth pointing out at the outset that he intends to appeal this. This is likely to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, but it's an interesting ruling nonetheless. It's a three-judge decision. Two of those judges were democratically appointed. Importantly, one was uh, Republican appointed. It's a lengthy decision. Um, and the rationale for the decision is is, is interesting. And they're saying, you know, that we cannot accept uh, former President Trump's claim that a president has unbounded authority uh, to commit crimes that would neutralize the most fundamental check on executive power. Um, So they rejected this this idea of unlimited immunity that uh, Trump has been putting forward. What might that mean for him in future? Well, it means that, you know, some of these cases against him, uh, he's he's the recipient of was it 91 indictments at this point in time in multiple cases in multiple states, um, that that one of his arguments to escape legal culpability in some of those cases um, is, is, is not going to work for him. We'll come back to the courts in a moment because there is more legal matter uh, to discuss. But let's talk about what happened in Nevada last night. Republican voters, I don't know, you're in Las Vegas. I don't know whether people would have bet that this would be the result or not. But Republican voters essentially picked none of the above in that state's primary. 62% of voters picked none of the candidates versus 33% who picked Nikki Haley. And Donald Trump wasn't even on the ballot. Help me understand this. So I'm I'm looking at a copy of the Republican primary ballot right now. It's got seven names on of it. Some of them, some of which you would recognize. There's Tim Scott, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, 
Only one of those major candidates is even still in this race. And then it's got that eighth option, as you said, none of these candidates. Um, and that was the overwhelming choice of, of voters here. Um, it was obviously an unusual outcome. Nevada is kind of unique in this none of these candidates options. Uh, but everything about this primary here was unusual. Um, the, you know, as you know, the primaries aren't direct votes for a candidate in the U.S. They're votes to send delegates to a state party convention. But in this case, the Nevada Republican Party said they weren't going to send any delegates based on the primary vote. Instead, um, they're hosting caucuses later this week on Thursday um, where people have to show up in person for a few hours to cast their ballot. And the caucus ballot only has two names on it, Donald Trump and another person who's a relatively unknown Texas businessman uh, by the name of Ryan Binkley. And so you can imagine who is likely to win that contest. And unlike the primary, the caucus will actually determine who gets Nevada's delegates. So it's all a bit confusing, but Donald Trump has, I guess, reason to expect a good week in Nevada, even if he wasn't on the ballot today not or yesterday. Not, not a particularly good night for Nikki Haley. The New York Times was saying that it was an embarrassment in a, in a contest where she faced no direct competition. Um, what does it mean for her campaign? Well, I, I mean, what she has argued, uh, their statement, of course, they, they used a, a Las Vegas-themed statement saying even Donald Trump knows that when you play penny slots, the House wins. Uh, they, they, they Their <laughs> argument was that the uh, that the primary was uh, w was rigged in effect, um, and that the game uh, was tilted toward Trump this week, and and in fact Nikki Haley didn't campaign at all. Said this week didn't that she didn't spend an ounce of energy or time on Nevada. So that's that's her argument, um, and and. Technically speaking, she's right. Uh, none of these candidates can actually be declared a winner. So she is formally the winner of this. But I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't think that it's embarrassing for the only major contender to Donald Trump uh, to be massively outvoted by none of these candidates in a contest in which Donald Trump wasn't even on the ballot. Does she still have, as you understand it, any reasonable path to victory here? Or is this a done deal for Donald Trump. I think, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that um, she does not pose a threat to Donald Trump politically and that in, in any primary contest in which they're both on the ballot, she's not going to win. I've heard I arguments, though, that she stays in the, in the race in part in case something happens. And maybe this takes us back to the courts. But if those cases were to move forward, if he were to be convicted, if I don't know what happens in, in the wake of those convictions, but that, that she stays in, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So she's not a political threat to Donald Trump, but there's this this idea that, you know, maybe there's an outside force that will keep Trump from running for the presidency. I mean, the Republican National Convention isn't scheduled until mid-July of this year. It's a lot of time for things to happen. He's got all of these indictments against him. Um, he has this Colorado Supreme Court decision, which is going to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the Colorado Supreme Court is, uh, has ruled that he's not eligible to stand on the primary because he committed insurrection. Um, and, and, and that, you know, somebody did the math on the maximum total penalty of all these charges against them. And it's, a, it's a, something like 700 years in prison. Um, so there's, 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 a, there's a lot that could go wrong there. And, and you can imagine the argument for Nikki Haley's camp that it's worth sticking around to see what some of those courts find. 
If you go back to the courts, could the Supreme Court be that outside force, um, as you say, that could keep Donald Trump off the ballot? The, the case in Colorado uh, saw Trump removed from the primary ballot. He has gone with his team to the Supreme Court to try to flip that. But it, it, could the Supreme Court be be that outside force? Sure. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we, we, there's going to be a number of cases that end up before the Supreme Court. Uh, this case on immunity will, and then the Colorado course, uh, uh, the Colorado case will will go to a hearing tomorrow, actually, at the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, and and in that case, Colorado found that Trump participated in insurrection, and and for that reason, he's constitutionally prescribed from having his name on the presidential primary ballot and that you know if if the supreme court were to uphold that decision i mean the consequences would be enormous how do you think his followers his supporters would react if he lost at the supreme court well i mean we we've seen already in multiple instances that some of his followers um are are open to the use of of violence um, to to support him. There's a solid segment of the U.S. population that wants him to be president um, no matter what. Some of them believe the architecture of American power is biased against Trump, including the courts. And there's this immense distrust of these arbiters of American life. And it's a distrust that Trump himself has helped to foster. So that all makes for a pretty combustible mix. And it's I, you know, you can you can see a lot of outcomes. Uh, you can imagine a lot of outcomes that might look pretty ugly in in that instance. I mean, we've we've heard Trump's lawyers themselves in this Colorado case argue to the Supreme Court that you know if it were to uphold that Colorado decision, it would unleash chaos and bedlam. Mm. Um, and you know that seems like a, a a reasonable prediction. Just finally and briefly, I suppose, um, as you make your way through the United States, what is your sense in talking with Americans about? It's months away from the general election, but what's your impression as to how all of this is is playing into how people might feel as they go to vote in November? Well, it, it just feels like what we're seeing is is sort of the stakes increasing on both sides. I mean, what 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 you've had is this base of support for Donald Trump um, that has remained steadfast and 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 that has being uh, open to his argument that he is the victim of legal persecution. And, and I think that belief has deepened as the supposed evidence for legal persecution has has mounted. On the other side, you know, you have uh, increasing questions uh, about, you know, where Trump stands legally. And and, and those questions are, are deepening as well. And I think what, what we've seen in the primary process is that for Republican voters, this hasn't done much to dissuade them from Donald Trump. What we don't know is what this is going to mean for voters in the general election and to what degree will uh, people who might be persuaded to vote for Donald Trump going to be swayed uh, by either of those things. And and then, of course, to what degree is this are, are some of these issues going to persuade people to get off the couch and vote or stay home? Nathan, thank you for this. Thank you. Nathan Vanderclip is an international correspondent for The Globe and Mail. He's been covering the U.S. presidential campaign for The Globe. We reached him in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.